0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. I
1: found my way back to a higher ground. Yeah, I just want to feel alive. Welcome to Higher
2: Ground with Julian King.
1: No
2: yeah, hello everyone. Jules with you on Higher Ground. Great to be back on my own program. That's Feels like it's been a long, long time. Had a tonne of fun filling in for Matt and White the past couple of weeks, as well as this morning. I went back home, had a little coffee, had a bite to eat, and then chucked a Yui. and came all the way back to the studios. Happy to do so. Happy to be here once more. SEN 1170 Sydney, S E N Q693 in Brisbane. 1620 on the Gold Coast. Good evening to all of you. My open line number, 1300-01-1170. Give us a shout. And the text line, love to hear from you tonight, 0457. 0457- Shortly, I'll catch up with Simon McLaughlin, as I do each and every Wednesday night on the program. He's the deputy sports editor of the Daily Telegraph, and we'll have a peek at tomorrow's back pages. The mad Russian's on the panel tonight, and I'll get him to run me through the ringer again for another bout. I've agreed to disagree. Now, dear mate, Gibbo, he's going to be taking the reins after midnight. Who, Who approved that? Who let Gibbo loose on the airwaves? So I'll drag Gibbo in for a chat as well. NRL teams are in, as you know, in case you missed some Some key changes for the Roosters fans. Luke Kiery, Jared Rhea Hargraves return. And Keery, there's a bit of debate, wasn't there, about Joey Manu being so successful at number six, but Kiery will slot straight back into that number six jersey. Now, a big game in the context of the eight. My Dragons up against the eighth place Manly Seagulls. And good news if you're a Dragons fan. Jake Trebojevic is out due to COVID. We wish him well. We don't want him to get... Unwell, but we're happy that we don't have to play either of the travoyevich brothers. Moses Embai replaces the other Moses, the injured Suli, in the centres. Now, for the Tigers, Tyrone Peachy earned himself a recall. And for the Cowboys, they welcome back some of their origin stars in Val Holmes, Tom Didham and Jeremiah Nanai. Now, there's been a lot of talk about the Warriors selection. Reese Walsh has been benched. Now, is this the first move in squeezing him out of the club? Because we know he's going to leave to join the Broncos. They let him leave early on compassionate ground so he could go back to Brisbane and be closer to his child. And the idea has been floated. Well, Reese Walsh, if they let him go early, could, could Melbourne make a play for him? A- as we saw with David Pangai Jr. joining the Panthers at the back end of the last year. That would be a real coup if Melbourne had pulled that off. We'll wait and see. Nick Chotrick replaces Jordan up. For the Raiders. See, for Talakai back for the Sharkies and the Panthers. Panthers have included, I don't know, seven. Seven origin stars. The Bunnies get Cook and Murray back. Uh, Nick Meaney, no big surprise, named as Ryan Pappenhausen's replacement at fullback for the Storm. Uh, Ryan Madison back for the Eels. Payne Haas, Corey Oates, Kurt Capel, Pat Carrigan all return for the Broncos. And for Doggies fans, good news, Josh Carr was named as well because... Um, he- Had that foot injury, didn't he? And it was not as bad as first thought. And Jaden Campbell uh, returns for the Titans. Now, just as I came off here at midday today, uh, this happened. Wonderful news. Australia has a new world champion. A new world champion. Eleanor Patterson has won gold with an inspiring performance. Gutsy won too. Delivered Australia's first high jump medal at a world championship. Wonderful. Delivered the performance of her life. She, She twice set Eleanor Patterson a... New PBs. And that's what you want. You set your PBs. It means you're peaking at the right time. She's done that. She cleared two metres for the time, which is outstanding. Wonderful, wonderful result. Result, Another one to watch for uh, with the Olympic Games coming up. Now, Danny Weidler, saw this in the nine papers. And he says, okay, obviously, you can't show you the picture on a radio. This is the first proof that shows Canterbury are closing in on the services of highly sought-after Panthers assistant coach Cameron Serraldo. So, Nine Entertainment was sent a photo of Cerraldo at a meeting with Bulldogs power broker Craig Laundy, who's the son of major sponsor Arthur Laundy, as well as Cerraldo's agent, that being George Mimas. Make of that what you will. What are they just bumped into each other by chance? Hey, what are you doing, Karen? Come, pull up a chair, mate. Come have a beer with us. Have a bite to eat. You're in a rush to get home? Nah, let's have a chat. This was at the locker room bar at Sydney Olympic Park. They had lunch, had a beer. Oh, I don't know the locker room bar, is it? Presumably it's a, a Laundie establishment. <laughs> They're circling. It's a, Yep, you've been there. Okay. Well, he's an aficionado in all things laundry establishments, the matter, Russian. Uh, Phil Gould and Seraldo were made aware of the photo on Wednesday night. It is claimed the lunch began as a meeting between Seraldo Mimas and his accountant before Laundie joined them. Now, the club has denied interest in Cameron Seraldo, but can they keep denying it? His manager's with him. You know what? I think he's going to be at the kennel next year. He said, Penrith, I'll stick around, but if a a really good opportunity comes up, and obviously the Tigers was not that, uh, I'm going to join him. Andrew Webster said in his column the other day that the Dragons should throw the kitchen sink, and he's believed to have had a bit of affection for the Red V, but I think he's going to be at the kennel next year. So forget the denials. I think he'll be there. In fact, my former colleague Jim Wilson uh, tweeted that he heard it's it's a done deal. That is quite the coup. Although it flies in the face of them saying they need an experienced coach, quote unquote. That is quite the coup and Gus gets his man. Now, while we're on coaches, Wayne Bennett's remarkable 50-year coaching career is coming to an end under plans for Christian Wolf to succeed the master mentor at the Dolphins in 2025. Now, this is according to Peter, Peter Bedell this evening in the Courier-Mail. So Wolf is the man. He's another name, isn't he, that's been mentioned in dispatches. Christian Wolf, when it comes to next coaches off the coaching ranks, so to speak. Uh, so the Dolphins now they're in advanced stages of negotiations with a multi-million dollar deal for the Tongan national coach to join the 17th franchise next season. So basically, he's going to be he's understudy for a couple of years. Then 2025, the master coach will hand over the reins to Christian Wolf which means Bennett would retire as head coach at the end of 2024. He'll be 74 by then and then move into a a consultancy role with the Dolphins. Now, we know he's an unabashed fan of Dean Young, who's doing wonders there, assisting Todd Payton at the Cowboys. And he's also been sounded out, Dean Young, by the Dolphins to join Bennett's team next season and become Wolves' chief deputy in 2025. Do you think in 2025, he'd still want to be a deputy, Dean Young? Maybe he'll have a head coaching gig by then maybe he'll be back at the dragons i don't know but the master coach sees the finish line and i've always got a soft spot for wayne bennett because he delivered a, a premiership for my dragons in, in 2010 sort of feels not that long ago but then you look at the calendar it was 12 years ago wouldn't i love to be back in that situation 0457 736 736 that is the text line number australian golf will emerge from the fog of its covid summons with the biggest homecoming Since Adam Scott's Green Jacket Tour of 2013, if Cameron Smith returns to play the two major domestic events later this year, I hope so. Australian players should return. They should return to support their local tour. These are the tours that supported them on their way up. So I I don't like this argument saying, oh, you know what? I mean, we never see the good players down under. It's a matter of choice. Cameron Smith's going to move to number two in the world. And all the chatter is he'll play the FedEx, he'll play the President's Cup, and then he'll think about going to live, which I would be deeply disappointed if he did. That was a masterful final round, 64. The 150th edition of the Open at St Andrews. And they're hoping that'll headline the home swing. This was in the nine papers this evening. But the problem is, ever-expanding schedule, need a bit of rest time. It's a long way to travel. How much money do they get paid? Elite golf in Australia, which will be conspicuously absent in Sydney, begins with the Australian PGA. That's going to be at Royal Queensland and Brisbane, November 24 to 27. Then the Open. Good to see the Open back at Victoria Golf Club and Kingston Heath Golf Club from December 1 to 4. And he's generally a pretty strong supporter of the home tour, to be fair. And in recent years, I mean, I've seen Jordan Spieth play the Australian Open, Rory McElroy. So he can get the big ones down under. And of course, Cameron Smith will be the hot favourite for the Greg Norman medal, awarded to the best female or male player on the world stage. But, you know, what's really interesting here is given, I guess, Norman's role in the rival Live Golf Series and factoring he didn't get invited to the Champions Dinner for the 150th edition at R&A. Do you reckon they'd think about, would they? Would they think about renaming it? The Greg Norman medal. That'd be quite remarkable if they did. You make your bed, you line it. Pretty simple. 0457 736, 736 The text line number. Fight night tonight at the Horden, Horden Pavilion. Nikita Zoo and Ben Horn. I spoke to Zoo's manager, Glenn Jennings, on the morning program today. Look, it's his name, isn't it? Zoo that carries a lot of weight in this country and keeps people interested in the sweet signs. I think it's great. Costya, Tim, Nikita, now all very different people, very different boxes, but all of them turn heads. All of them turn heads. So if you do get a result, we'll bring that to you right here on higher ground. 1-300-01-1170, 1170 is the open line number and the text line number. You can't say it enough because I bet you there's someone out there that doesn't have it in their phone. Make sure you do it now. 457 736
1: 736 read all
2: about it. Hey, it's my newspaper, my- Uh, Simon McLaughlin is the deputy sports editor of the Daily Telegraph. is on the line right now. Evening, Simon.
0: Uh, Good day, Jules. How you going?
2: Going very well. Uh, back. Uh, thank you. Thank you kindly. I'm Doing the double today. Hey, listen, I know you're a Mad Dogs fan. Uh, this photograph, <laughs> this frenzied yeah. speculation. Cameron Seraldo, George Mimbus' manager, having a beer and a bite to eat with Laundy. Does that mean sign seal delivered, Seraldo will be the next dogs coach?
0: Well, look, I'm reticent to say sign seal delivered, but yeah, our reporters are on the exact same uh, line that Seraldo is going to be at the dogs. Uh, I can tell you that there's another lunch, uh, lunch lunches everywhere, um, (laughs) tomorrow between uh, Phil Gould and Tim Sheens this time. just adding another little layer of sort of intrigue to this whole thing. Um, now, why would Tim Sheens and Phil Gould be having a lunch to Great talk question. about Cameron Zoraldo? Great question. Um, believe they're coming together to talk about helping out a former teammate. But what we also think might be on the agenda is a few of the Tigers players who have been linked to the dogs many, many times. And that would be Luke Brooks, Adam Dewey and Jackson Hastings. So, I would have thought Gould and Sheen had a lot to um, talk about. Not necessarily whether any one of those three guys uh, arrive at the Bulldogs uh, under new coach Cameron Sorel, um, though, um, but what um, Benji Marshall's plans might be for those three players. Because yeah. we believe basically all future recruiting at the Tigers will be uh, run through Benji Marshall, who will be the coach in a couple of years. Uh, but also, um, I'd say that Gould would be very interested in the, ch- the conversations that Sheens had had with Seraldo as well. So um, these, the, those three clubs all kind of linked together through Sorraldo, who knocked back um, the Tigers. Um, so I, I imagine Gould would be quite interested to pick Tim Sheens' brain and vice versa. So um, it's an interesting time of year, isn't it?
2: Wouldn't you love to be a fly on the wall at that meeting? Yeah, Gus and, and Tim Sheens. But that's interesting what you say about Benji sort of handling recruitment and retention. Uh, you know, mm. if I'm a Tigers fan, the one shining light, the, the one guy you'd want to hang on to is Adam Dewey, surely.
0: That, that's what I would have thought too. He he's, was a real standout before he got injured. Uh, he seems to solve a lot of their problems, you know, if, if he's back to top form. Uh, but, you know, look, there's some big calls. A fullback, Dane Laurie is another guy who's entering the final year of his deal. Mm. Um, you'd think that Benji would want to keep him. Um, but, yeah, as you say, it's all about Seraldo at the moment. Uh, and that would be a huge coup. We we did a, a a story earlier in the week sort of raking Phil Gould's time at the Bulldogs since he, since he arrived last year. And... Um, Sort of gave him a, you know, you know grading's A, B, C, D or whatever. And, and he was a bit of a C mm. on, um, the coaching front. Oh, well, actually, he might have been a C minus. Um, but, uh, his grading would have been A if he, if he lands Cameron Seraldo, mm. which might not say huge pressure on Seraldo. It's, it's almost like this guy's a genius before he's ever. You're right. No, being a proper full-time coach. Somebody
2: said this morning, it's it's like he's at the second coming of Jesus. As though, you know, the Tigers went hard at him, missed out and went again. They, they had a second bite of the cherry. Uh, mm. The Dragons want him. I mean, so many people want him. Uh, he's highly regarded, but he's obviously untested. And you've got to give people a, a crack at some point. And you never know, right? Sink or swim. And there's been a lot of great coaches or assistant coaches that have stepped out of the structures that haven't quite managed to succeed. I mean, Trent Barrett's an example. Uh, you might throw mm. Adam O'Brien into that mix or a Garth Brennan, for example, that sort of have a go. It, it's a, a very, very different role than a head coach to being an assistant coach.
0: Oh, absolutely, yes. I mean, I'm intrigued to know what it is exactly that people think is so amazing about Cameron Terraldo, but it seems to be pretty universal yeah. belief. Yeah, yeah.
2: Anyway, uh, good luck to your Bulldogs if you do get him. Uh, I think things are really looking the up for your club next year. But you know what? If that were to happen, you'd almost you'd feel a bit sorry for Mick Potter, don't you? And, yeah, they haven't always had the oh, wins. But, my goodness, the the, the type of football they're playing shows the type of football this club is actually capable of.
0: Oh, absolutely. Look, I, I, I mean, I've asked this question a lot, but it sort of tells me a lot about Trent Barrett as much as anything. He seems to really just have the, the, the shackles on the attack. So, um, Mick Potter's just let him... Um, do what they do, I think, and and it and it's it's been working well. I also feel really sorry for Dean Pay, who was you know a couple of years ago just coming hiding him, to nothing, wasn't he? Given no chance at all, and you know I really hope something good comes
2: his way eventually. He's a good fella Dean Pay. He's a really was good... he driving trucks now or something at the moment? I think he, he could well be. Might have seen it in the, in the Telegraph. Anyway, I'll get Mulchie to Google that during the ad break. Now, uh, you mentioned there, uh, Trent Barrett. One man that he did coach when he was at the helm of Manly was Tom Travojevic. Actually had a very good relationship with him. Now, people thought, no Turbo, no chance of Manly to make the eight. Well, Reuben Garrick has deputised very, very well in that number one jersey. There's still a chance of making the eight. They've got to beat my Dragons, of course, on Friday night. But uh, is there an outside chance that Turbo might be back in time for the finals?
0: Absolutely. He says, he, straight, from the, straight from the horse's mouth, he says that his rehab has been going really well on the shoulder that any injured um, and that he thinks that if there's no more complications that he'll be back from them. Uh, he says week two of the finals. Now, whether Manly <laughs> there luck, are there Good luck, Chip. Good luck, Chip. Yeah, fig. yeah, yeah. Yes. But um, if he says week two of the finals now, I mean, there's, there's every chance it could end up being week one of the finals. Uh, so, I'm, I, for one, I'm not an Manning fan, but this gets me excited because if there's something that this competition needs, it's a bit more X-factor. It's, it's guys like Latrell Mitchell who mm. just sort of emerge and you go, wow, if he's playing well, then they can beat anyone. And Tom Dravojevic is one of the only other guys in the entire comp you could say that about. So I'm really hoping Tom Dravojevic can make it back. He also says he wants to play in the, um, the World Cup. Uh, at the end of the year. So um it it's look it's a big call. Shoulders are one of those things where you can injure them again very easily. So um and he's definitely been a guy who's struggled with um, a lot of injuries. But yeah, I would love to see Tom this just emerge in the finals just as this sort of dark shadow over the competition. Yeah, brilliant.
2: yeah well the other thing there too is if his fit is now gonna pick him for the World Cup. I think you have to, don't you? But, I think he, obviously I, I in consult so. consultation I mean, with the club but you know, Trebojevic is one of these guys that are, are so good that even if they haven't had a lot of matches under their belt post injury, you, you gamble on them because you know what they can deliver.
0: Absolutely. Yep. I mean, they, Manly might only have to win less than half the remaining games to make the final. So um, if you just slot to yeah. in there,
2: it helps. Wow.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Uh, by the way, Dean Pay is coaching Camden in Group Six. So Joe they, Camden. Yes. Coach, you get it's quite the step down for Dean Pay. Quite. The step. Oh, just speaking of coaches too. Um, in the Courier Mail, you know we know that or Wayne Bennett news. If you want Wayne Bennett news, you just read Pete Bedell. So is this is this likely to happen? You know, it's the sort of thing you think I'll believe it when I see it. Where Wayne Bennett says, you know what, a couple more years and then I'm done. You just thought, you know, oh, as a young kid growing up watching rugby league, there was Wayne Bennett looking old then. And he's finally going to hang up the clipboard and the whistle at the age of 74. I just never thought I'd see the day, Simon. Never thought I'd see the day. Well,
0: look, I, I have to give uh, uh, kudos to Paul Ken, who had a great line on TV tonight, when he said, well, this is fantastic. This gives us two years to uh, wonder where Wayne Bennett will be going next.
1: So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some kind of Cherry Evans level backflip,
2: maybe. Or, I don't know, maybe there's a team that reaches out to him and he says, yeah, I'll
0: do it. I'll do it. Well, the next expansion team.
2: Who's that gonna be though?
0: Well, you know, the the, the Perth, whatever's can't uh, it can't be New Zealand, surely. The, the Wellington, whatever. You can't you, you
2: cannot know. put another one in New Zealand, not the way the Warriors are at the moment. They are such a basket case, you wouldn't possibly entertain having a second mm-hmm. New Zealand team. I I wouldn't think.
0: Well, I struggle to watch one New Zealand team, so two might be a bit <laughs>
2: Hey, I know you love your rugby. Just, just getting off topic for a moment. I mean, what uh, Eddie Jones? A bit of talk about Eddie Jones, Simon, are coming back oh. uh, into the fold of Australian rugby. Maybe some kind of director role for the twenty twenty seven World Cup. Uh, can you see it? And uh, do you like it?
0: Oh, I can absolutely see it. Eddie is uh, a professional, mercenary, you might even say. Uh, he, if he saw that there was an opportunity to um, come back to Australia and help out, I think he would actually really like it. If you recall, he's actually been linked to NRL jobs before. Um, he's so yeah. obsessed with um, League. that code. Um, so I, I can really see him doing it. Um, the, the X Factor stopping him returning to Australia might actually be Japan, where he's obviously got a link, a yeah. uh, family link, uh, and has worked there a lot. But, um, yeah, I think he's got a lot to offer, not as a head coach anymore. I think we've been there and done, done that with Eddie. And I, I, I wouldn't like to see him return as a head coach, but um, yeah, some sort of other role. At, uh, definitely, and um, old man of the SCG, you know, who's facing some sort of, you know, jail time for calling him a, a, a traitor. Yeah. Um, yeah, if he comes uh, you back,
2: he may have I to don't. revise
0: that. And, and <laughs> he yes. might have to revise that.
2: And little self awareness. I have to say that
0: was one of the funniest. Oh, one of the funniest did you, things. clearly the guy had weekend. no
2: idea who Eddie Jones was because Eddie Jones is uh, very combative and feisty when he wants to be. What do you think? Oh, it was absolutely. just going to swallow it? He was the last person on the planet that would just sit sit back and cop that. Apart from the well, fact that, hang on, the Wallabies to, are coached by by a New Zealander. You
0: know. <laughs> absolutely. Well, he might think uh, he might think Rennie's a traitor too, but um, uh, it is the next in a line of uh, SCG members who Based, you know, um, garrotting for using a single word uh, insult with no swear words. The last guy who got in trouble called Johnny Depp "fat" and uh, was kicked <laughs> out. So, um,
1: which it's a to high be honest, I mean, that, a little higher
2: than that's, places. I mean, come on, that, that's a bit harsh. People I mean, say, "Oh, life ban." I mean, you can't you can't give a like a life ban because he called somebody a traitor. I mean, come on, seriously. I thought it was poor taste, but you know, there's been a lot worse yeah. things said.
0: Well, not... well, Jules, I've, I've I've been in the crowd at many sporting events in England when I used to live there. I can tell you, it's a lot worse there.
2: No doubt, no doubt. Hey, did you see the Dragons team of the century
0: revealed tonight? Yes, yes, yes. Fascinating. Pretty decent um, team. Lots and lots of debate. Lots yeah. of debate in the Daily Telegraph office about this, mostly from sort of younger people who are a little concerned that you know, um, you know, where's Ben Hunt or you know <laughs> whatever. But um, <laughs> well, uh, look at. It's one of the, probably one of the easiest teams of the century yep. to pick in, yep. in all of rugby league. I would have thought. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the really nice touch the two Gaznies in the centres. I love that. Me too. Um, and Mark, Mark, the only sort of really modern player in there. Um, but yeah, I'm sure you've you've got a very oh, strong idea. You
2: to can't play. argue with it. I mean that, that golden era. And that's the reason they say never before, never again. You know, so people say, "Oh, what about Brett? Brett Morris is the best winger I've seen." But how do you pick him ahead of a Johnny King or an Eddie Lumsden who have, between them, sixteen grand final appearances? You know, Johnny King scored uh, scored in five consecutive grand finals, Should have made it six as well. You know, it's just it's just freakish. You just you can't compete with those numbers. You, you just can't. There's a bit of talk. Maybe they could find a way to. I guess, squeeze Ben Hornby on the bench kind of as, a, I guess, a number 14, halfback, fullback, the most mm. capped dragon in history, um, premiership-winning captain. But again, like, it's pretty hard to argue against the blokes that were picked.
0: Absolutely. Look, the biggest debate we had in the office with uh, someone who used to play cricket for St. George Cricket Club said, we'd love to see the, the debate is, who is the great and more superior, the St. George rugby, all-time rugby league team or the St. George all-time cricket team? Ah, um,
2: Yes, that's the debate. Yeah, well, that that team had it. I don't have it in front of me. It um, had a few though. Did or you know, Bradman, I think, was in it, and um, Bradman, Ray uh, Lindwall, yeah, um,
0: it was Morris, Morris in
2: it. it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, don't, I don't Skull made it. I think. Um, although, if they yes. picked it again. He may not. There's a There's a handful of spinners in there as well. Three leggies. Yeah, Tiger. Yeah, that's that's a pretty fair side. And yeah. uh, and the great Nathan. Pylon, Nathan Pillon uh, was the keeper, I think, for mm-hmm. memory. But um, yeah, it's a good team. It's a really good team. Yeah, well, there's a debate for another day. There's a debate. Thank you, mate. Always good to get your thoughts, and we'll catch all of those articles. Earn the Daily Telegraph and go to the website, dailytelegraph.com.au. And uh, good luck with Cameron Serralda at the helm next year, too, at the kennel.
0: <laughs> Jeez, premiership uh,
2: favourite. Premiership favourites. Premiership uh, <laughs> here, here. Simon McLaughlin, uh, always good with his time, Deputy Sports Editor of the Daily Telegraph. 0457 736 736. We'll take a break. Always lovely to hear from you, Hector. A bit past your bedtime, isn't it, my friend? You said, gee whiz, it's good to have you back, sweet JK. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. I'm kind of just, you know what it is. This is my role in this place, Hector. I just wait by the phone. I said, oh, look, Matt, he's on holidays. Can you jump in? yeah. Oh, look, Jimmy's got to do breakfast. Can you jump in? Yeah, no drama. Oh, look, Jaleesa's got to work for Channel 10. Can you fill in Sunday? Yeah, sweet. No, that's what I do. And then when they say, well, guess what? I, I think you're actually on your own program. And I said, happy to do that. Happy to do that. Also, cannot wait for Gibbo's show tonight. That's going to be great. I'll catch up with Gibbo on the next hour of the program. Thank you, Hector. Always delighted to hear from you. 0457 736 736. Round four has just finished. Uh, Nikita Zoo is all over Ben Horn at the moment, dominating the fight. And as you expect from Ben Horne or anybody from the Horn family, showing plenty of ticker still be in the contest. You know, he calls himself the Butcher and a chant of zoo, zoo, zoo has broken out around the Horton Pavilion. Uh, so it will go the way, this fight will go the way of Nikita Zoo. And I spoke to uh, Glenn Jennings, his manager, earlier today and, you know, said, how good can he be? I said, he can be good, seriously good, like challenge world title good. It's clearly in the genes. I remember years ago talking to a, very, a young and up-and-coming Tim Zoo, uh, he was doing a fight, I think, around the carriage works at, at Redfern in Sydney. And I said, you know, did, did did Mum try and talk you out of it? And he goes, no, no, it was Dad. Said, Dad tried to talk me out of it. Very different personalities, very different boxing styles, but uh, both very, very good pugilists. Round five of six at the Horden Pavilion tonight. <laughs> and it's live, by the way, in Fox and Ko Sports. So if you're near a TV... <coughs> Pardon me, I got a little frog in my throat. If you're near a television, uh, just watch it with the sound down. Keep the keep the radio up, of course. And uh, watch the Zoo v. Horn. Some really good young boxing talent in this country. Nobody wanted the fight, and Ben Horn said, OK, I'll do it. I'll do it. So it's Zoo v. Horn again. Last time we saw it was Tim Zoo beating Jeff Horn, and now the younger brothers of those respective fighters 0457 736 736. Yeah, I mentioned there to Simon McLaughlin just before the break about this Dragons team of the century. Now, I know some of the people that were the judges and the mail was sort of last year that Ben Hornby was going to be a red-hot chance of making the bench. He didn't. He didn't. But it is their team of the century. It was a delayed celebration because of COVID. So the Dragons, St George Dragons, established in 1921. And don't start this whole world. St George and Laura is a different club. Yeah, but there's still a Dragons element to it. So you count those. It's half the club now. So this team of the century, chosen by a panel of former players, officials, journalists, and historians. And they considered a range of criteria, things like skill and durability courage and versatility and leadership and all these buzzwords. Representative honours, of course. But critically, the players were judged only in what they achieved while playing for the Dragons. So no big surprises. The team's dominated by players from that 11 consecutive premiership side, 56 to 66. So, you got the four immortals Gaznier, Langlands, Rape, Proven. But the team also contains a representative from every premiership winning team across the 100 years. So, I'll clearly weighted heavily towards premierships. So, premierships, premierships in 41, 49, obviously the 11, 56 to 66, 77, 79, and then St. George of Dragons Dragons <coughs> in 2010. Mark Gaznier. Reg's nephew Mark. Mark is the only modern-day player selected in that centenary team, and he's going to be alongside his uncle Reg in the centres, which is nice. I read somebody go, oh, "I'd pick Matt Cooper." Well, Matt Cooper's a left centre. Mark's a right centre. Different players. Mark was a wonderful, wonderful footballer. And then Frank Burge, by the way, chunky, the Glee Dirty Reds legend, was chosen as the coach. Now, he had two stints as the coach of the Dragons: twenty-seven to thirty, and then again thirty-seven to thirty-nine. So this is the St George Dragons. Team of the century, 1921 to 2021. The fullback is Graeme Langlands. The wingers, Johnny King and Eddie Lumsden. I feel like I should be like the ground announcer at a core stadium, you know, grand final. Yeah. add fullback in number one, you know. Uh centers Regimar Gasner, as we said. Uh the 5'8, no big surprise. Brian Popper Clay, the halfback is Billy Smith, the lock, Chuck Raper. Second row is Norm Proven, Rod Reddy. Now, Rocket was a really good player. Really good player. I, I, you know, I thought about this. Having sort of spitballed this and debated this last year, I thought maybe Harry Barth. He's on the bench, Harry Barth, so I can't really complain. Norm Proven, Rod Reddy. Front rowers, Craig Young has to be Albert. Billy Wilson, one of my favourite dragons, Billy Wilson, then went to Norse at the about at the age of 40. And Ken Carney's the hooker, so Killer is the hooker. And the bench is Harry Barth. Doug McRitchie, who was a centre from prior to that time, Neville Smith and the other hooker who turned captain coach Ian Walsh and the coaches I mentioned, Frank Burge. So how's that for a side? Langlands, King and Lumsden. And I said, look, Brett Morris, wonderful player, best winger I've seen. Grand final winner as well. But he's won one grand final with the Dragons, Brett Morris. Johnny King played in 7, seven Eddie Lumsden played in 9-1. It's just like, how do you, 16 between them. 16 between them. And Johnny King tells a great story. You know, they're all sort of dropping off the perch now, sadly. He's still alive. And, and sharp as a razor too, Johnny King. He told the story. He's five in a row. Should have been bloody six tries in six consecutive grand finals. The ball comes out. And your goes near and because I'm waiting for it. And I think it was, who was it? it what had been? Uh, Brian Graham. Was it Brian Graham? The goal-kicking back rower? Because he was there just loitering the centres. He took the ball. He said, no, no, no. This is for me. That is for me. Stole a try of him. Having a breather out in the back line, the forwards. So, could have had six tries. Johnny King and six consecutive grand finals. Papa Clay, wonderful, wonderful player. Um, Billy Smith, the Larrikin. Chuck Raper, enough said. Sticks and Proven, enough said. Jesus, a good side. It is a really, really good side. And Simon made the point, point, he's right. It's actually, if, if you're picking teams of the century, it's one of the easier ones to pick. Because you just go to that illustrious period in their history 11 premierships. It will never happen again. Then you pick three-quarters of the side just out of that. Mark Gasney, the only modern-day player to have made that side. And they also picked the 100 best Dragons. Uh, so a few more modern players in that. Likes a Riles and Dean Young and Luke Bailey and Bo Scott and, and Benny Hornby and Benny Cray. And, and that crew from around that era, Sean Timmons, our very unsure Timmons as well. 0457 736 736 is the text line number. This is Julian King on High Ground. Well, a lot of people are anticipating a knockout in this fight, Zoo over Horn. It's been a hell of a battle over six rounds. Hell of a battle. tell you what, he's still standing, Ben Horn. There is his brother, Jeff, under his arm. And he's looking pretty confident. It's a key to Zoo. He copped it. It was a really nice uppercut at the end. Look, from what I'm reading, I can only follow it on the blog. It's hard to watch the fight when I'm on air. But uh, he's on top. He was on top They headed in, into the final round. He was pretty dominant fifth round, but, gee, he was tough. He's been really tough, Ben Horn. His face looks a bit more mangled, doesn't it, than Nikita's. He's, all these Zoos, they look the same. They look the same. But well done. A good advertisement for boxing this country, too, Nikita Zoo and Ben Horn. And once that final result comes in, we will bring it to you. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. I think you'd agree with me that it was a good fight, though. Uh, Mad Russian, Good evening.
3: Absolutely. And they, you know These Russian, boxers, Russian, Australian Th- these Russian the Australian zoos, boxes, Russian-Australian boxes. These Russian-Australian boxes. zoos, they yes. just keep churning out new members of the family. They do. We're waiting for the final
2: results. And we expect the hand of, I was about to say Tim Zoo, the hand of uh, Nikita Zoo. No, certainly not Costa. <laughs> well, Costa's <laughs> hand has been raised many, many times over the years. I was in America when Costa fought um, Sharma Mitchell, yes. Yeah, so he's the winner. Mm. Well done to Nikita Zoo, has defeated. Ben Horn by unanimous points decision. But Ben Horn, a lot of people thought he'd be knocked out. Remember, prior to the start of the fight, Niketi goes, oh, I want to see some blood tonight. I want to see some blood. But they are tough, they are tough hombres, the Horn family.
3: So well done to all involved in the fight night. Okay. Agree to disagree? Number one. Yeah. Anthony Griffin's selections mm. suggest a cliquey culture at the Dragons.
2: Uh, disagree.
3: Disagree.
2: I mean look, he, he has preferences, but I'm not sure, say that, for example the selection of M by its centre or is a reflection of a clicky
3: culture. Would you say his selections are slanted towards players with more NRL experience? Yes. I would.
2: Okay. I would. Look, I mean I don't agree with every selection, mate, but mm. you know, it's his team, it's not my team. That's right. the reason I care is because I, I love the Red V and always have loved the Red V. You know, would i like to have seen at the start of the year, Sloan not prematurely dropped, in my opinion, mm. of course. But now that Cody Ramsey's playing fullback, he's been our best player outside of Ben Hunt in this last three, four weeks. So can't argue with that. You know, <sighs> Moses Embi wouldn't have picked him in the centres. Mm. Probably would have gone Max Fino. Because the the other thing there is I need to see. You can cop a loss if you can see that they're blooding the youngsters because you know that they've got an eye on the future. I, I don't quite see that in the selection at the moment, for mm. the Dragons. That, that's the concern I have.
3: One comment on Cody Ramsey, according to our own Sean Timmons, mm. one of the hardest workers he's yeah. ever seen. Yep. And playing, you need to be. Playing or coaching. And you need
2: to be. And that's probably why he's been picked over Sloan. I mean, Sloan is toweling it up. Is it expecting to do. certainly an attack with his yep. you know, line breaks and, the, and whatnot in New South Wales Cup. But his defence still
3: leaves a lot to be desired could be a good piece of man management yep. that we're not seeing. Yeah. Okay. The Bulldogs need to move their lunches into the back rooms of the restaurants that they are attending.
2: I uh, disagree. The reason I say that is, you know, they would have known that somebody would have seen them. So the question, the follow-up question there is. So is it a back-off? Did off they care that much or that they, they were seen? Did they care that much that they would be seen?
3: Because they're in a launy pub. mm Daytime.
2: Daytime. Laundry pub. In a precinct that is frequented by sports people. Yes. uh, They're not doing their best to hide it, which suggests to me they don't
3: particularly care if they're seen. Is it a bit of a back off? What do you mean? I mean, to other clubs who would potentially be interested in Seraldo. Not that there yeah, are any other coaching just, vacancies no, at the still, moment, other than the Tigers. It. Yeah, but who, who
2: knows what clubs are doing sort of clandestinely, you know, behind the scenes. We're just going to sound out this guy just in case. You know, there's speculation Brad Arthur's management shopping him around to other clubs well, next season, even though he's contracted to the end of 2024, which seems a little strange
3: to me. And how does that go with, as I mentioned, there's no vacancies mm. at the moment, is there? Interesting.
2: Yeah, uh, look, I, I think he will be there. I think Saral will be there. Mm. With no. this smoke this fire.
3: I agree. Wayne Bennett will be out of retirement again by the end of the decade. Oh, that's it. You know what? I'll say disagree. I think. I think you really I, I think I buy it gonna... now.
2: I think I buy it. I think this might be it. Meet, oh. meet some kind of coach. Because remember when he was at Brisbane, the role, the idea was that he'll coach there and then he'll step out of that and into some kind of director's role. And hand the reins over to an up and coming coach. Do you think didn't Wayne, happen? He, A lot of animosity with his split with Brisbane. He still hasn't healed that those wounds because they had the reunion of the 92-93 mm. grand final sides, and he said, "Nope, not
3: coming. not coming, not coming." Do you think Wayne's one of those people who I see? I see someone like Wayne, and I go, "When he retires, mm. he he won't be with us much longer." He's one of those people that is that so accelerates absorbed. Towards, yeah. By his work.
2: Or maybe sort of well, look, he's not he's retired from coaching, he's not gonna retire full stop, he's still mm. be involved in rugby league. That's he's gotta keep the, himself busy, keep himself occupied. It's not, it's not, the, same though, occupied. It, it's not the same though, is a lot it? A lot of people sitting staying, up in the glass tower. Retirement is not all it's cracked up to be. Mm. Yeah, you know, Tim Sheens. I mean, who would have thought that Tim Sheens was gonna be coaching in the NRL again? Who would have thought? And here we are. Stranger things have happened, Absolutely. but no, I think that might be it for Wayne.
3: Okay. Uh, now from a conversation we've had off air tonight, Cadbury yeah. chocolate over Lint. 100% agree. Because I've got to get an agreement. is the somewhere. most overrated wow. chocolate. Oh, see, so overrated. I wasn't overrated. expecting this reaction. Exceedingly overrated. Even the little balls that you get around nah, Easter time. Nah. I love those. You know what else is overrated? Toblerone. Wow. They're yeah. probably my next two on my chocolate And I don't love the shape rankings. of it. No. Wow. Uh, this Cadbury chocolate just tastes magnificent. Outrageous. Outrageous. Okay, final one. Number five, for mm. Agree to disagree. Australian golf and boxing, are in the best positions either have been in, in 20 years. In 20 years? 20 years. So I'm going back right to the... 20 years, funnily enough, 20 years is not that long ago. 20 years still in the 2000s.
2: 2002.
3: So we're talking about the end of the 90s. Mm. Since uh, boxing or golf have been in a position as strong as this. It's in pretty good nick. It's pretty good nick. In Australia. Um, i got to think about who the
2: premier golfers were in, what, 2006. So, Norman's
3: blow-up at the Masters was 97? 96. 96? Yeah. 2002. they came from behind.
2: 2002. Like, a young Scotty was just coming That's on right. the scene.
3: Ogilvy, Allenby. Yeah. End of Ogle.
2: Yep. Yep. Ogilvy won the US Open in 06, didn't he? Yep. Wingfoot. I think it was 06. Uh, good, yes. No, it's it's up there. You know mm. what? People are talking about it. That's are, right. And, they, and we've actually, so Scotty won 2013, but now with Smith having won the major, mm. right? Leishman and, and Scotty are kind of over the hill a little bit. Um, you know, Quayle, I think is a really good golfer. He's about 27. He had a good British Open. Lucas Herbert's mm. another good really up and comer. Well, Minwoo Lee. Minwoo Lee, long hitter. Um, his sister's going well too. Mm. So yeah,
3: you know mm. what? Let's go agree. I'm agreeing with you. second it. one out of you. Yep. How about boxing? Boxing's in good Boxing shape. had Green Mundine, but really, no. throughout the 2000s, certainly while I was growing up, boxing was something that came around every six months. We weren't watching a fight like this nah. on a Wednesday night nah. between Nikita Zoo and. Ben
2: Horn, No, and it is Harry Garside. There's another example of a of really good young
3: boxers. Guys, boxers really with profiles ballast. and really good stories.
2: And, and not just washed up rugby league plays. And and I'll exclude Gow because Gow was a good boxer. Mm. He was a good boxer. Justin Hodges? Well, <laughs> this is a thing. Justin Hodges <laughs> wants a shot at Gow. He's not fit to Sunnyfield. lick the soles of Gow's boots in terms of boxing ability. I'm not sure it will happen. Well, look, stranger things have happen. I'd be surprised if I see Gow and Sonny Bill happen.
3: And again... Good story. George, we didn't even mention George Cambosis, our most Kambosis. recent world George champion. George
2: Exactly. Exactly. So, no, yep, That's I'll go with point. you there. I'll go with you there. The Gar side. He's got to fix that haircut, though, doesn't he? <laughs> He's one of the nicest. He's not like this big,
3: heavy trash talker. I bet it is a horrible look. Deep thinker, too. Is he, which thinker, he hasn't. He? he hasn't thought deeply about that haircut.
2: No, is he a deep thinker? Yeah, I
3: right. think so. Does he sort of take that Rodin's thinker pose as well? Mm. Mm. He reads a lot. His knuckles are in pretty good shape. He hasn't very. got the nails painted tonight. No, which is something uh, he's, he's a little quite different. Keen on. Yeah, I, he's a little different. I like that. I like that too. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Oh four five
2: seven seven three six seven three six. Fox League at the moment five oh two has got an old game between Cronulla and Penrith. Of course, both teams entered the competition in nineteen sixty seven. The Chocky
3: Soldiers sponsors on the back of the Penrith Panthers. Uh, radio two. What is it? Two ka. 2KA. I'm going to have to look that
2: is up. Is that Brandi that ducked over for a try? No. You know how old it is because you've got the old numbers where uh, the number 12 was the hooker. It is Brandi. There's MG as well. There's Brad Izzard. It's a good footy team. National Panasonic Cup. So this was the midweek tournament. A lovely try. Ducks beneath three defenders. Scores just adjacent to the right upright. Four points A nil kick to come. Well done. Brandi back on deck with Vossi tomorrow morning. I'm absolutely captivated by this 1987 midweek Panasonic Cup clash between the Pender Panthers and the Cronulla Sharks at Leichhardt Oval. I'm trying to pick the players here at the moment. So Brandy, obviously. this Brandy with the ball again. Steps inside one, steps inside two. And another one slips over. Spins, turns, still with the ball alive. Hands it off to the 15. And I don't know who the 15 is. But I was trying to pick him. So we saw MG. Hoss, Hoss would be there too. Certainly spotted Brad Izzard. Uh, Greg Clements would have been the 5'8". Pretty sure, Matty Goodwin, Roycey, obviously, Jeffy Gerrard, Cole Vandervoort. What a player he was. Robbie Robards, I think, might have been the fullback too for Penrith, the old Chocky soldiers. Yeah, good side. And then for Cronulla, uh, ET Sparkles, um, who's the fire? Michael Speechley would have been in that side. Dan Staines, Dane Sorensen, Gavin Miller, Craig Diamond. Pretty really good footballers, really good footballers, midweek go. And as Alex said to I me mean, during the break, bring back the tickers, ticker tape. Bring back the ticker tape. I think it's sort of stuck to the boot as well. 457 7 736 736. Uh, evening, Jules, sitting up, listening, waiting for the great Gibbo to hit the airwaves. Uh, this is from Statsy. <coughs> uh, good evening, Statsy. Didn't I you this morning, Statsy? You can sleep when you're dead, Statsy. Lint is so overrated, totally. You know what, they bill it to be some kind of premium chocolate because you wrap it in gold and you, it's, it's all right, but nah. so with Lint Bunnies. No, thank you. I'm just at Cadbury. Rock solid. Ferrero Rocher's, I do like Toblerone's. They're okay. Not my favourite. always get the big block. Then half of it just sits in the fridge for six months because you get to open the fridge. Oh, I don't feel like Toblerone. I want something sweet. What's that? I want dessert open the fridge. Don't feel like Toblerone. I'm with you, though. And and you can't beat the Cadbury Caramello block. That's interesting you say that. You know, I um, was on Sweet Studio at my son's soccer game the other week. So, each week, uh, the parents take turns to do the fruit at half-time, and at the end of the game, a couple of chockies for the kiddies. So, I had, like, this Cadbury mix pack that had, you know, boosts and crunchies and cherry ripes, and and all of them went. Then I had just a pack of Caramello Koalas. I would have thought that they'd be chewed up. It was a tough sell. The Caramellos were a really... Yep, Greg Clements it was. Uh, The No, not Greg Clements, who didn't want the Caramellos. But but no, they were a really tough sell. It stunned me. It stunned me. I thought, Caramellos? Who doesn't want a Caramella koala? So now I've got about 10 Caramella koalas in my cupboard. My son doesn't even want them. So I'm just slowly knocking them off. You've got to bite the head first. That's your Caramella koala eating techniques, Datsy. But yeah, you like the block. And just before, you know, this is hard-hitting sports news. At nearly 11 o'clock at night at Eastern Standard Time. But... Statsy, my wife loves the snack block. I cannot say, I'm generally more of a hard centre than a soft centre kind of guy. She likes a snack, and now they've made little strawberry bites, like individual bites of snack. You know, that gooey strawberry? Nah, a bit too sickly sweet for me. Thank you. Thank you. 0457 736 736. That is the text line number. Now, Christmas Day. This has been the big talking point. Across the network, morning and afternoon and into the evening. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Sport on Christmas Day. I- I've flip-flopped over this for a while. But I'm still leaning towards, I guess, I sympathise with the players when I say, leave it alone. You can have one day without sport, as tempting as it might be. And yeah, you know what? If I'm at home and I flick on the TV on Christmas night and I'm bored, I probably would well like to watch sport. But it's okay to go a day without it. People go, it's not particularly religious. It doesn't have to be a religious day. It's still a family day, Christmas, regardless. People gather together on Christmas Day. But maybe they're not targeting families. Maybe they're targeting those that don't have family or those that don't like their families. You catch up, breakfast in the morning, maybe lunch. I've had my fix for the day before we start to have a few too many eggnogs and start screaming at each other, which happens, which happens. So, I absolutely get it. And I think the sport of basketball is probably well placed to slot into that vacant spot on the sporting calendar. And it is prime real estate for the sports broadcasters. Prime real estate. Because no one's out, everybody's at home. So, you might get $10,000 to a venue to watch it if in Sydney and then maybe take it to Melbourne next year. I don't know. We'll have blockbuster rivalries once a year. It'll happen. Eventually, sport will encroach on that day. We know that the Big Bash floated the idea a couple of years back. The players weren't keen on it. And then there's the issue, too, of having to staff the venues. People get dragged into work to cater the place, clean the place, security, all that sort of stuff. And these things are very costly, particularly at those public holiday rates. So logistically, there are a lot of things to factor in. So it's a bit of a litmus test. They'll they'll dip their toe in the water, the NBL and the Sydney Kings. They'll see how it goes. They'll see what the reception's like. But they've done their their focus groups. They've done their market research. And according to them, there is a big appetite, a big healthy appetite for this kind of sport on Christmas Day. Like I said, I'm not against it. And I do think it's inevitable. And we cannot stave off the inevitable. But Melbourne United players reportedly not particularly happy about having to hop a plane, fly to Sydney to play a game of basketball. Just give us one. Give us one. Yeah, they get other days off, but there's only one Christmas Day. I'm still inclined, still inclined to agree with some of the players that may have reservations. You may have a thought on that tonight. 0457 736 736. That is the text line number. So, yep, it will be the reigning champs of Sydney Kings hosting Melbourne United Christmas Day. That's December 25. The other thing going for it, it's a weekend too. So, Sydney Kings, Melbourne United, Kudos Bank Arena, 7.30 p.m., Uh, Australian Eastern Daylight Time. And that game is going to pair with a Christmas Eve clash between the 36ers and the South East Melbourne Phoenix. (laughs) And that game at Adelaide Entertainment Centre at 5.30. So you've got a couple of twin games there on the Christmas Eve, which probably won't rate as well as Christmas Day. So, NBA, you know, has a long history of playing marquee games on Christmas Day. It is actually the biggest day of its regular season. The NFL have flirted with it, this sort of thing having it on, on key holidays. But here we go again. Christmas Day, extremely valuable real estate for the broadcasters, unoccupied and not for much longer. Uh, the things you talk about in the break, we're actually talking about Simpsons, the Major League on today. Remember we had the softball team with all the superstars? Don Mattingly, shade those sideburns. Great stuff. 0457 736 736. <coughs> yeah, talking about sport on Christmas Day, uh, Gavin, Evening you, Gap. This is, I wouldn't pay to watch a game of basketball any time, let alone on Christmas Day. <laughs> you don't have to pay if it's on your couch. I suppose. It's on free-to-air, a bit of electricity. Oh, I take your point. I tell you what, though, I mean, if you can get out to a game, the Fan Day experience of basketball is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, the judge loves it, love the Kings, go for it, awesome. I would watch it. Well, I personally, if I had a choice, I'd go, you know what, keep the day sacred. But if it's on, I'd watch it. I'd absolutely watch it. Now, Statsy, this is important. You've got back in touch. Uh, no, mate, the snack block's not my cup of tea. You and I, you know, I'd love to have a beer with you, Statsy. We'd have a lot in common. What is also pretty good is the milk Hokey Pokey. I've not tried that. No? Mad Russian? No, you approve? Outstanding. milk. okay. That's on my list. See, Mad Russian's always just... He's got the plain block of chocolate, which is simple. Glass and a half. Classy. Understated. Uh, caramel with tiny chunks of honeycomb. I love a honeycomb chunk. Probably explains why I've just raised... The bat for 100 kgs for the first time in my life. The body's a temple, boys. The body's a temple. Yeah. yeah the balcony, as they say, the old, the veranda over the tool shed, Statsy. Love it to hear from you. Now, this is good news. Moy is a boy. Soccer is midfielder Aaron Moy is going to link up with former national team coach Arnge Postacoglu at Celtic after the Scottish champions signed the 31 year old on a free transfer. Uh, former Brighton midfielder Moy. Has agreed to a one-year contract with the Hoops. He's left Chinese club Shanghai Port earlier this year. As I mentioned, 31. He did have a spell in Scotland's top flight with St Mirren. That was a decade ago. And now Moy has joined Siltic with a view to nailing down a place in that Socceroos squad for the World Cup in Qatar later this year. He'll be in it, no doubt. He'll be in it. And the move will help him get a bit of game time. That's what he needs now, Aaron Moy. Wonderful player. And, of course, you know, Tom Rogic leads, leaves. And you replace him with another in Aaron Moy, and not to mention that Harry Kill So we're seeing the Australianisation of the hoops. And the funny thing is, know, I'll bring this up with the Gibbos, uh, it's, it's so good to have a team to go for. And you see the number of social media followers going up, and half of them are Australians. Go, yeah, we love Ange. We love Ange on our Aaron Moy. Now we get Harry Kuehl. There's a reason. So they've become almost the default Scottish team. Well, they have become the default Scottish team for Australian football fans. You're not so much going for them, but you're going for the Aussies and wishing them success. And my God, didn't they have success in that first season? And this is the other thing too. I mean, it's a victory for all Australians. <coughs> you know, they're saying, Alan Brezza, oh, who's this poster cog? Where do they find this? He didn't even have a license. Come on, this bloke can't coach. You have no idea. You have no idea. They're so Eurocentric, aren't they? If you're not from Europe, you can't be considered a coach. I'll tell you what, they've got a decent one. And it's a bloody proud Aussie. He's a bloody proud Aussie. 0457 736 736. Now, this is interesting. The most mispronounced place names have been revealed. Melbourne is coming in at number 21. Melbourne, host, home of the Australian Open, home of the Boxing Day Test and the AFL Grand Final. Well, I went through these, and I knew how to pronounce all of the following except for one. So we have the film festival in France, Cannes. Cannes. It's actually Cam, T H A M E T H A M E S. It's the River Thames. Yosemite National Parks, so not Yosemite. The Louvre Museum, not the Louvre. Versailles in France, not Versailles. Seychelles, you only ever think about Seychelles on the Olympic cycle, and they come out, and you Seychelles, you up to the S. Uh, Ibiza, it's not Ibiza, the Party Island. It's Ibiza. Another party island, Thailand, Phuket. It's not. Okay, I'll leave it at that. Uh, Antigua, not Antigua. Now, this got me. I'll ask you this, mad Russian. D U B A I is pronounced. D D U B A I? Yeah. Dubai. It's actually pronounced Dubai. Dubai. Dubai is incorrect. That stunned me.
3: Should have an E on the
2: end. Well, you'd think so. And then you've got the Maldives. It's not the Maldives, it's the Maldives. So, up to speed. Melbourne is Melbourne, not Melbourne. So, what about that? Dubai is actually pronounced Dubay. That's going to take a bit of time for me to wrap my head around.
3: You heard Americans pronounce Bondi Beach? Bondi. 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 It's, yeah.
2: Oh, you know, I can, them, I can forgive no, them. I can forgive
3: them.
1: You
2: know what's interesting? Crazy. Just back on Live Golf before we take a break. You know, everyone talks about wanting to play less. Oh, I want to play less, want to play less. As if they were forced to play a certain amount of golf on the PGA Tour. There's actually not a rule saying you have to play anything. They talked about you know, to retain your voting membership, 15 tournaments today. I think they scaled that back to, off the top of my head, 10 or 11 because of COVID. Pat Perez, I miss the birth of my son. No one forced you to do that, champ. And let's not forget, okay, Liv's got seven in the team event, 8 events this year. Going to 14 events in 24, then the four majors. That is 18. That is 18. So the likes of Patrick Reid say, oh, the reason for my move to Liver, I just felt I was forced to play a bit too much on the PGA Tour. Over Patrick Reed's career, he's averaged 30.5 tournaments a season. 30.5. Now, three men that have committed to the PGA Tour, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, and John Rahm averaged 24. So Patrick Reed has chosen, chosen to play almost more than anyone. So, ultimately, it's not going to fly. Abraham, answered, I want to spend more time with my family. Mate, you're single. You're single. You know? What it is, they want more for less. They want more for less. Might work out that way now, but eventually, they're going to want their pound of flesh. Great to have your company on high ground this Wednesday. night. No, I'm tired. I'm tired. But you know what? You can sleep when you're dead, as they say. Well, Gibbo has waltzed into the studio. For our listeners on 693 Brisbane eleven seventy. In Sydney, you're going to hear his dulcet tones after midnight. Hello to you, Gibbo.
1: G'day, Jules. I'm glad to be uh, carrying the baton for the next three hours. Yeah. And I'm excited and I'm pumped. As you should
2: be. As you should be. I, yeah. I
1: think. You'll... This is
2: where you thank me for the lead in, by the way. Well,
1: thank you for the lead My pleasure. I've warmed him up
2: for you, baby. I've and now I've got
1: to. I'll take him through because I feel like after midnight, Jules, I'm not oh. sure if you know, but it gets a bit weird in here.
2: Oh, yeah, that's where all the crazies come out. All the crazies yeah. come out. Yeah.
1: So I'm sort of excited for it. It's my second crack at it, and I reckon I could, I could improve. If I can keep improving every time I do it, then we're on.
2: That's very deep philosophy, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I know. Well, what have you guys been talking about tonight?
2: Uh, we've been talking about, well, we looked at the back pages. Uh, obviously, this coaching Mary round continue, continues. There's chatter about Cameron Serraldo is going to land at the kennel. Photographs wow. taken today of Cameron Seraldo meeting with the laundies. I reckon it's a done deal. I think it'll happen. Is the most sought after property in the game, Cameron Seraldo. and then finally the master coach Wayne Bennett's decided. You know, I think my time's up. I'll have a couple of years at Dolphins. I'll hand the bat on. This is I'm handing it to you after midnight. He's going to hand yep. it over to Christian Wolf. Christian 2025. Wolf,
1: 2025, not a bad signing. Yeah. I mean it's really tough with these like next in line coaches because mm. you get a bad job. Like the Bulldogs isn't a bad job, but maybe the Tigers, for example. Nah. The Tigers, for example, are there yeah, any bad jobs
2: in there, NRL? There's only 16 clubs, 17 next year. Well,
1: SCN League's own Brett Kamali could probably tell you one job. That's... Yeah, but
2: poor Noddy, though. Who's only ever filling in. Now he's got
1: COVID. But it must be hard for Noddy now that Tim Sheens has come in. He's got COVID. Benji has now quit a mm. couple of roles to be more hands-on. Yeah. What's Noddy doing for the rest of the year?
2: He's doing what he was asked to do. He's a team player, Noddy. Uh, if there's one thing I know about Brett Kamali, he's a team player.
1: What, what team games team. are you looking forward to this weekend, Jules? Uh, Dragons, it's Manly. Wool. It's
2: very important, the context of the eight. This this of brisbane is going to be massive yep. in the context of the four. Uh, Penrith-Cronulla, I think the Panthers should have too much firepower. What about this? I mean, oh, we're just welcoming back seven Origin players. Cronulla, what are you... Oh, just Talacott. That's it. Just big C for Talacott.
1: And C. Katoa ruled out for the yeah. rest of the year. That's a shame.
2: It's a shame because they got really good flankers, Cronulla. And then the, the other big game that night too, uh, Gibbo, is... Souths and Melbourne. Yes. Huge. Gee, Melbourne don't lose four in a row. But, no. Well, you know, I like the Bunnies. I think they'll make the eight. I know Campbell Graham, but Cook and Cook and Murray are back. So they're two big ins. But, you know, how do you to how do you match that up against the out that is Ryan Pappenhausen?
1: Well, that was a huge sort of loss for them. I can't, I, I can't wait to see. But Melbourne always bounce back strong. I mean, Craig Bellamy is one of the greatest of all time coaches. You cannot see him losing four in a row. But if they do... Might be this weekend because see us with Luttrell are a different side.
2: You know what? I wonder how many people are going to go,
1: well, you know, Trent Barrett and you know, and Justin Holbrook is
2: wavering as the coach and maybe people got to start ask questions about Craig Bellywell. No. no
1: yeah. There's, uh, I think, uh, Tommy and uh, you guys on the morning show have uh, big overreactions and the overreaction that Melbourne are sliding I think is –
2: is huge. I'd love to slide into fourth place, quite frankly. Pretty easily. <laughs> I'm a long-suffering Dragons fan who's languishing in eleventh with a shoddy four and against. <laughs> they go, oh, they're sliding. I'll
1: swap places with them. I'll swap right now. What do you think of Anthony Griffin this week, getting the uh, full confidence of the board?
2: Dun, 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 dun. Da-da, it's the death knell, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. And Zach Lomax, uh, I think it was one of the guys in RL 360, mm. should be dropped to reserve grade for throwing too many uh, no-look passes. Or well,
2: just tell him not to do it. You know, He's yeah. a good player, Zach Lomax. I don't think you're a better side without him, but you know, inside drone 20, you've just got to be smarter with the ball. you just got to be smarter. Hey, who are you chatting to tonight, by the way?
1: So I've... Wrangled up a few guests. Some of my old friends. I used to do a podcast about six years ago with mm. a guy I used to work with, Dave Stevens, who Steve, uh, Steve, yeah, yeah Steve, big Daveo. He mm. um he loves his cricket. He loves his AFL. So we're gonna get we're gonna get deep on the cricket. I know Good. you love your cricket, Jules. Mm. Oh, I want to know about Australia, the Sri Lanka tour, how that went, and looking ahead to our white ball series against Zimbabwe in New Zealand. Well, it's
2: pretty much a full. Complement of players, with the exception of Pat Cummins. George Bailey doesn't like the term "rested," so he's being not rested, Gibbo, but managed. Patty Cummins has been managed. So they had enough. to squeeze him in somehow, obviously with a view to the the 50 over World Cup. It's, it's a busy period coming up for the Aussies because after that, and then they've got the well, they've got the T20 World Cup, and then they're hosting South Africa, and then the West, West Indies, Indies earlier this so, yeah. summer.
1: We might get into a bit of the English stuff. Ben Stokes, retiring, and Baz Ball, the key word that no one likes to use. Baz,
2: well, not even Baz himself.
1: We're going to also chat to the Raw Sports Rugby League writer, Mike Wood. You might have heard him.
2: Yeah, Mike Meal Wood. is good. He's very analytical. Very. He's the one that actually asked proper questions in press conferences.
1: To Trent Barrett, and Trent Barrett yes, wasn't he did. too pleased with yeah, that. yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so he, he writes a lot about footy. He's a big Celtic fan, so maybe I'll get his thoughts Aaron on Aaron Moy. The Moy the boy. Moy the boy over there. Ange. Yeah, the Moy's a boy,
2: yeah. I'm happy with that signing.
1: Oh, I like it when
2: we Australianise these these teams. You know, you've got Ange and now Harry Kill and Aaron Moy. Obviously, they lost the Roggish, but this is good. It gives us Aussies, who wouldn't give a rat's about the Scottish Premier League, it, it gives us a team to go for.
1: Or a bit like Cameron Smith this week. Yes, A
2: bit like Cameron Smith this week.
1: And then I'll If gonna... he goes to live though. If he goes Ooh, to live. That's a big question. Oh, I'll, I'll be disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. But can you be disappointed for someone pocketing 100 million US? Yeah. Really?
2: When you've already got a truckload of cash and you don't need the cash, then absolutely you can be disappointed.
1: Now, last time I was on overnights, I didn't get to my rugby correspondent, but mm. I've I'm hoping I can squeeze about 6 minutes out of him. We're going to talk Wallabies, Eddie Jones, yeah. trader. What, Harsh. Who let those? Who let those fans in? Those rugby league fans into the rugby union on Saturday night?
2: <laughs> those damn mungos. Those the damn bloody mungos.
1: Mong- so I'm going to find out what's doing there, and I've got a special guest lined up from mm. over in Scotland. Hey, it ain't of Scotland. So yeah. apparently You've it's got been like, hot. To the gibber. Apparently it's been hot over in the UK. So we'll find out what's How's doing. It? I haven't over... heard that. Well, no. it's almost like it's been raining too much here 40 in
2: degrees. Sydney. Degrees. Yeah. The um and the the tube tracks buckle. It's a big problem. It's actually big... The houses there aren't equipped for that sort of heat wave.
1: Well, so all this yeah. sort of stuff is I'm going to hopefully find out tonight. I mm. haven't got too many notes on what's going on in Scottish sport, but they played a couple of good games of Rugby Union. So, look, we're going we're gonna to touch base over in Scotland, and we'll see how we go. All right, beautiful. Thank you,
2: Gibbo. Looking forward to that after midnight. And, you know, the text number, 0457 736 736. Thank you, everybody, for your contributions this evening. Thank you to Simon McLaughlin from the Daily Telegraph. Thank you to you, Mad Russian Mulchi. Hey, stick around. No one cares about this show. They are tuning in for Gibbo. Gibbo's Up After Midnight, taking you through until the early hours of the morning. Give him a call, 1300 01 11 70. Give him a text, 0457 736 736. I'll catch you Friday. Bye-bye.